Hallelujah. Glory to God. See, we're spreading the greater manifestations, the greater power, the greater glory, the greater more people saved, more people healed, the greater fire, the greater revelation. Then I think we need everybody in the congregation to expect something greater, and they need to enter in too. Well, five of you thought that. Well, maybe ten of you thought that. I'm going to give you another chance. Everybody in the congregation, if we want something greater, then they should enter in too. I was just in a meeting at Winter Bible Seminar in um, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma with uh, Pastor Hagen and Lynette Hagen, and they were preaching. And so uh, I sensed that the anointing, you know, I was going to get something whether anybody else did or not. So halfway during his message, I was caught up in the glory. I was gone. And, I, you know, everybody else is listening, you know, mm-hmm, yes, amen. But, and I am just out there. Why? Because I made a decision when I went in there, I was getting all I could get. Now, I, for me, I was sitting there, I looked like I was stoned. Uh, some other people, they might run, they might, you know, go, whoo, 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 whoo. Somebody else may fall. We've had people just fall over and just roll across the front. But I was so out of it that when he called for us to come up, I, I, I was gone. He had to keep saying it over and over and over. Finally, the ushers had to come over and literally say, it's you. Well, why? Because I was caught up. I wanted the manifestation. I wanted the anointing. So I got it. I didn't care if anybody laid hands on me or not. I was getting it because I was in the room. Woo! like we told the church the other night well when I go to when I go to work you know I have a job I work eight hours and I get something for it but I got news for you when you come to church you get something for it you get his presence you get his anointing you get his power and so when I come in I'm getting something for it because it's been prophesied greater manifestations than I've ever seen before well I've seen a lot of great manifestations so I'm expecting more how about you so when I'm with a bunch of people and we're all in the more, then I want us all to act like there's more. Yeah. You know, faith is an attitude. Oh, How many of you know that it shows up? You wear your attitude. Ooh. It shows up in the way that you act. Your attitude and faith is an attitude. It's <laughs> a it's a way. Uh, uh, actually, I like it. What what uh, um, Rick Renner says when it says, "Now faith is the substance of things hoped for." He said that word "substance" literally means. I won't give you all the Greek, but it means standing. Faith is standing by those things hoped for. In other words, it just takes it just takes a place. In the grace of God, and it just stands there, and it refuses to move, and it will not be dis, uh, disappointed, and will not be, uh, uh, you know, it might be delayed, but it won't be denied. That's right. And it's going to stand there, and it's going to be there because it believes God. And you know, this is just one of those nights to act like what you believe. Oh. Well, actually, every night is, but especially tonight. When he says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 30, or whatever it is, no, verse 23, let us hold fast. Hold Hold fast. fast. It literally means. Hold fast, preachers, hold fast. Those two words, hold fast, 
literally describe the act of someone wrapping themselves around something, a dominating force in their life, holding onto it firm, wrapping their life around it, wrapping their attitude around it, wrapping their whole power and strength around it, and refusing to let it go. Do you know you have to refuse to let go of what you believe? Because the idea here in Hebrews 10.23 is that if you don't have the attitude of that you refuse to let go of it, that there is something that will cause it to slip away. Hold fast to your profession of faith. You say, what are we going to do since, you know, Brother Hagin's gone home to be the Lord? What are we going to do when all Roberts goes home to be the Lord? We're holding fast to what we believe, the sound doctrine that we've heard, and we're going to pick up, and we're going, we is now the leaders. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. This church is a leader. These churches are leaders. You're the leaders now. Hallelujah. Hooray. Everybody say, I'm holding fast. I'm holding fast. I'm looking unto Jesus. I'm looking unto Jesus. I got to read that verse again, Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Let us hold fast, hold fast. It means to embrace a dominating force is in your life. It's the force of faith. It's an attitude that prevails against what comes against you. Hold fast to our profession, the, pro- the profession or confession, it does say of our faith, but the word our is in italics, italics it really isn't in there, so it's really in, uh, m- more accurate to say, hold fast the profession of faith without wavering, no wavering allowed, <laughs> if you're holding fast. You say, what is wavering? Wavering is when you start to weaken, You get too tired to stand, and so you want to sit down. And actually, the word for wavering there literally means to lay down. And it literally is the idea that if you don't hold on to the word that God has given you, if you let something steal it away, it's not just going to steal away God's word. It's going to steal away your life. Do you understand? It's not just about... You know, uh, uh, one, uh, the whole reason you exist here is the Word of God. Is anybody else about to pop? And taking a hold of that Word will either, it will save your life, and if you let go of that Word, you will lose your life. The only, I'm telling you, I am so aware, the, lo- the further and the stronger that you get with the will of God, there's only one thing that stands between you and and the will of God and not the will of God. It's the word of God. 
Hold fast. Don't let it go. He says, he, he said in, in Hebrews chapter two, I'll read this one real quick. It says in verse one, therefore we must give. He didn't say it might be a good idea. We must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. We must give because it says we must be, we must give it. In other words, if we don't give heed, we will drift away. And it's the idea is that of a ship that is drifting past because its anchor is no longer, you know, stabilized and it starts to drift. He said, we must give. We must be firm and steadfast in that which we believe. You know, I figured out something. You don't have to know everything. You just have to stand in what you do know. You know, if you, you I've known people that have done this. They have stopped. They have let something they didn't know or didn't understand stop them instead of pressing through with what they do know. And I found out that if you'll walk in what you do know, what you don't know won't hold you. Sometimes you'll get the answers to what you don't know. Sometimes you might not. But what you do know is what you establish your life on. This we know, uh, holding fast. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, when he said, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by faith the elders obtained a good report. You say, well, I want to have a good report, a good testimony. One translation says a good report. I want, well, there's only one way to get it, by faith. That's the only way you get it. You don't get it any other way. You get it by taking a hold of God's word and embracing it and holding on to it and not letting go of it. And it doesn't mean that it's, it's an artificial thing. It actually, what's in God gets in you. That's it. You understand? Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, this is really organic. <laughs> no artificial ingredients. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. It's real love. It's real peace. It's real freedom. Yeah. It's real joy. And it's really in you. Yeah. I'm into things real. You know what I yeah. mean? No artificial ingredients. Yeah. Move I'm into real power. Yeah. Real. real glory. Real, glory. real Holy Ghost. Real. Real. And I found out something about the moving Woo. of the Spirit. If you're waiting till you can understand it, you'll be waiting 10 years from now. Yeah. Because I'm telling you what God does. I like, you know, um, you guys, do you know who Mark Hankins is? He's got an older brother, Mike Hankins. Mike Hankins is, is a pastor in uh, Texas, and uh, he w- he's been to France with us a couple times. So has Mark. But he was over there one year not too long ago. Well, it's been a few, I can't remember, three or four years. I don't remember. Anyway. He was talking about, see, because Mike is uh, also, you know, he went to ORU. He studied Greek and quite learned, you know, in, in, in those areas. And so, you know, he was in a, a meeting and the Holy Ghost was moving. And, and he was, you know, sitting there on the front row and watching some people laugh and some people shout and some people dance. And he was just sitting there trying to figure it all out. And his wife, you know, they're, they're real, uh, you know, they're just real, uh, honest and, and open with the things of God, you know, and, the, and, the, and the, they're, they're just, they're just wonderful people. They're wonderful. wonderful moving in the gifts of the Spirit. They yield to the things of the Holy Ghost. And, uh, so that's actually what saved their life. 
It wasn't all their knowledge. It was yielding to the Holy Ghost. And so they were uh, sitting there, and he was kind of just watching, and his wife was just getting drunk. I mean, you know, she was just getting drunk. And she looked at her husband, and she said, oh, Mike. He was, he was had his little Greek concordance sitting there, you know. He always took it wherever he went. And she said, oh, Mike, you just need to yield to the Holy Ghost. And this is what he thought. Hmm, yield. I wonder what that means. <laughs> exact words. So he got his little Greek concordance, you know, and he looked up the word yield. And he found where it was at in Romans chapter 6 where, you know, it says, that is, you once yielded your members as instruments to unrighteousness. Now yield your members as instruments of righteousness. So he looked up that word yield in that context there. And as he looked it up, it just said this. As a soldier reports to duty at, at his commanding officer's, uh, uh, you know, word, just yield. That was the definition of the word yield. As a soldier reports for duty. And so he started thinking how a soldier reports for duty. It doesn't matter whether you understand it. It doesn't matter whether you like it. It doesn't matter whether you get it. It doesn't matter if you feel qualified. You better run those 10 miles. You better pick up that gun. You better clean those boots. You better, you know, shine that floor. It doesn't have anything to do with what you think about it. It's really not about what you think about it. It's about responding to what they think about it. And so he said he put his little Greek concordance down on the, on the, uh, the, the pew and he just got up and started shouting. <laughs> Woo! You say, do you have to shout? Well, let me just tell you, it should show up at some point. At some point, there should be a shout come out of the mouth of someone who's been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. You know, these deep Christians, you know what I mean? These prayer warriors, you know, they walk around with a frown on their face. I wonder how much they've really been praying. Because Jesus said, in my presence is fullness of joy. You get in the presence of God more. Something ought to come on you that makes something, I mean, you know, it's a lifting of your head. I'm not saying you don't take it serious. You get in your prayer closet and you're determined and you are, you are yielded to the Spirit of God and you say things and you might cry and you might weep, but I'm telling you, when you come out of your prayer closet, you don't got a frown on your place, it, face if you've been in the presence of God. I'm telling you, you get lit up with His glory and He's not sitting in heaven. Wondering if anything's going to turn out all right. He's sitting in heaven with a voice of glory and victory. Woo! Woo! I'm telling you, and unless the church sees their place in, as victorious, we'll never do the will of God. You can't do the will of God if you don't believe in victory. You can't do the will of God if you don't believe in victory. Because I'm telling you, doing the will of God is all about victory. It's all about victory over devils. Victory over sickness. Victory over bondage. Victory. Victory over sin. Over sin, victory. It's all about victory. It's not about defeat. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph over all his foes. That's the king we serve. That's the power we have. That's the power that's inside of us. That's the same life that raised Christ from the dead.
words? What shall we say to all that life brings? If God is on our side, He is for us, not against us. Everything everything will will be be alright. Maybe we ought to sing that again. Did y'all, were y'all listening too hard? Is that why it was too hard for you to just move in it? Call me redeemed. Were we too loud? Are we too loud? Are we too soft? Are we too, too soft? Are we too Call soft? me redeemed. Do you not, know are, your name? Are we not pumped up enough? That is my name. Bought by the blood of Jesus. Woo! Somebody say I'm blood bought. You got it? He's coming. I think we ought to sing it again. I don't know about you, but I was about to pop. Some of y'all didn't know it was popping time. Hey, I, I want to tell you something now. There's a difference. When I was had stuff that I was battling in my life, and I knew that there was victory, I came and I said, Bless God, I am not stopping devil. You're not stopping me. I'm stopping you. And I'm walking through this thing because I know there's victory over the devil. There's victory over sin. in heaven that little girl that went to heaven that had uh, you know was sick and she got healed but when she went to heaven she said the angels all dance up there she said they all dance up there and they're not even redeemed. you want to know why they dance because they know you've been redeemed yes they know it's not Woo! their song it's your song it's your song <laughs> literally the word spoiled means Ooh. to strip off or put off one like one would a garment. The word depicts the disarming of an enemy, literally stripping his weaponry and artillery from him and leaving him without any weapons with which to respond. That's the kind of church we're in. One, one, uh, one, defi- one definition says it refers to the stripping one to the point of complete nakedness. Woo! I'm telling you, the devil ain't looking to show your show you what he really is like. He doesn't want you to really see. I'm telling you, he'd like to keep the illusion. You know what I'm saying? That he's got something when he don't have nothing. I, I just want to tell you something. Lois cannot stand any kind of bondage anywhere around her. Listen. When if Jesus you walk up to her and go, I've got this problem. She's like, when she Jesus was bondage. When Jesus was plundering the ho- powers of hell, it's true. He tells us that he rubbed the defeat in the devil's face by throwing the biggest party the universe had ever seen. 
You know why you got that little weakness? Because you're trying to hide your victory. Do you know that Whoa. weakness is swallowed up Woo. in victory? Yes. Woo. Woo. He made a show of them openly, <laughs> triumphing over them in it. This was a word, a technical word used to describe a general or emperor who was returning home from a grand victory in Good. the enemy's territory. I'm telling you, Jesus did go into the enemy's territory. He went there, and he went there with the very plan of heaven. He went there as a man, but he didn't go there just as a man. He went there as a man who was in, in, uh, in incarnate. It was the very sinless life of God. And when he went there, he came through it with a victory for all mankind. Everyone who ever lived. A glorious, triumphant parade. When news would reach the city that an enemy had been defeated, plans for a triumphant parade went into action. By the time the gates of the city were opened wide to receive the emperor who was returning home in triumph, the people were ready to celebrate. As the gates swung open and this mighty warrior rode through, the celebration began. I'm telling you, church, we are living in a celebration. The people would cry as they broke into jubilant dancing and singing, joyously twirling around in in circles. It was a time to rejoice. Well, let me just read you something here in case you think I don't know what time it is. And they say, you know, they say, well, what happened? Well, Jesus said, go to this certain place till you be endued with power from on high. Now, not everybody showed up. Okay. <laughs> what? Second Corinthians 5.21. It says, he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Try to explain it away if you want to, but it stands a truth that cannot be changed. We are the righteousness of God in Him. Then he goes on. We then, 2 Corinthians 6, 1, we then as workers together with him beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. You know what that means? 
Different translations say, do not let it be wasted. Do not let God's undeserved love and favor be wasted. Do not take God's blessing and do nothing with it. Do not allow the goodness which he has shown you to pass away without effect. For he hath said, 2 Corinthians 6, 2, second verse. I have heard thee in a time accepted. And in the day of salvation, I have succored or helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. You're waiting for the general to come through the gates with an announcement of victory. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. One translation says, now the hour of God's favor has come. Now the day of deliverance is here. Right now, freedom day is today. You can't do the will of God if you don't know you're living in the day of God's freedom. That's the truth. You're living in the day of God's favor. You're living in the day when the very Lamb of God, the very Savior of the world, has strobbed through the streets, has rolled through the streets of downtown hell, and literally rubbed in the face of your enemy a victory that belongs to you. To you. And when he arose up from the dead, it was time to celebrate. It's time to celebrate. It is not time to sit back. I like what the message Bible says. Now is the right time to listen. Don't put it off. Don't frustrate God's work by showing up late. Throw in a question mark over everything. Woo! Glory to God. I don't know about you, but I believe in victory. I don't believe in abstract victory. I believe in organic victory. I believe in no artificial ingredients. I believe in real, devil-stomping, sickness-destroying, deliverance from sin, victory in Christ Jesus. Deliverance, deliverance, real deliverance. I believe it. If you believe in it, stand up and shout. If you believe in it, stand up and shout. Call it what you want to, but we are victorious. We speak in tongues and we're full of power from on high. Let me listen. Well, I, 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 I don't believe that. Listen, we were marching around the church not too long ago and people were running, and I grabbed a lady and she was healed of fibromyalgia. 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 Yeah, healed of fibromyalgia instantly just like that and it's been happening over and over and church and church after church after church after church after run after shouting after dancing healed totally healed healed it's just it's all over the room healed 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 it's been happening everywhere we've gone And this I'm going to ask you tonight. Anybody in this room right now, you say, I need a fresh touch. I need a fresh touch from the Lord. I need a fresh touch of Pentecost. I have let it, I have, I have let it gone by the wayside. A fresh touch that I know because I know it produces victory inside of me. 
Ah, didn't bother me. I was walking. I mean, I walk anywhere. We were having a buffet before we went on this trip, a Sunday church, Sunday buffet, and a bunch of us were at a buffet. And this lady, I saw this lady, sit, I had my eyes on her at this table, and she walked up over to the buffet, and she and I were kind of by ourselves, and she was in her 70s. And I said, excuse me, ma'am, are you a Christian? She said, no. I said, you're kidding. That's what I said. I was shocked. I said, you're kidding. I said, are you sure you understand what I'm saying? I said, have you ever asked Jesus into your heart? She said, no. And I said, let me ask you something. I said, have you ever been to church? She said, mm. she's in her 70s. I said, think about it. Have you ever been to church? She said, when I was little, I was in Sunday school. I said, aha, did they teach you about Jesus? Why? Because I'm full of the power. I'm full of Pentecostal Holy Ghost power that was displayed on the day of Pentecost. I'm full of that. Power from on high. Tongues of fire land on me. I'm anointed. We need to have people like that in the earth today. There needs to be a resurgence like we used to have back in the 70s when all the people got all of a sudden got spirit-filled. And man, there was just a glorious time. You know, and I was talking with some people in the church, leaders in the church not too long ago. We went out to dinner. Some uh, strategic leaders in the church, I might add. And I looked over at him and I said, I was just glad to be at the table. I mean, these were all big dogs. And they were all making fun of me, you know. You get me, you know, you sit in the other booth, you know. I looked over him and I said, let me ask you a question. Are you sensing stuff like it was back in the 70s when everybody started speaking in tongues and the power started flowing and things started happening? I said, we're sensing that everywhere we go. And they looked at me and they said, yes, it's here. We're in it. Glory to God. We're in it. We're in it. These are people that have lived through some things. and see, They said, we're in it right now. Anybody here tonight? And you said, I want a fresh touch. I want a fresh touch from the fire of God. I want a fresh touch of Pentecost on my life. I've got to have it. Get down here right now. Get down here right now. I've got to have a fresh, fresh fire. A fresh touch of the Holy Ghost. Line them up, ushers. Oh. Line them up, ushers. You need to come down right now and get filled with the Holy Ghost. And when I lay my hands on you, just get filled with the glory. Oh, and pray in other tongues. Shelly, you might have to help. You might have to help up here. <laughs> yeah, I probably will. <laughs> you know, you say, Lord, I trust you. I trust you, Lord. Oh, I trust you, Lord. You have everything of me. You've got every part of me. You've got my heart. I trust you, Lord. That's what you have to say is I trust you, Lord. I trust you for the fire. I trust you for victory. Let me tell you something. You say, Sydney, how can I walk in it when I'm right in the middle of it? Well, I'll tell you this. Whenever I'm in the middle of a battle, you'll never know. You know why you'll never know? Because I come out here and I go, I got victory. I walk into a church service and I dance around like I got it. Because I know in the spirit I got it. You see, you've got to stay close 
to your spirit. Because your flesh won't know what to do, but your spirit will. Don't follow your flesh. If you're here tonight and you're living in sin, you need to get out here and let me pray for you. And break the power of that over your life. That's what's going on with you. You need to get it right. Quit messing around. 2004, if you'll remember from the prophecy, is a year for more. But 2005 is a year for judgment. You say, well, that doesn't sound very good. Well, it won't be. It's going to be all right with me because I'm okay. I ain't going to be judged. I mean, I'm on my knees weeping and just saying, God, search my heart. Is there anything? And, you know, whatever it is, I want to get it right. It won't be judgment for me, but it will be if you don't get it straightened now. And I'm telling you, I don't want to be judged. Judge yourself. Judge yourself right now. Judge yourself tonight. Judge yourself before it's too late. The power of Pentecost will bring unity to your brothers and sisters. Some of you have been at odds with one another. But the power of Pentecost will bring you in one. Talking about somebody behind their back or doing this. Judge yourself. Say, I want to get filled. I want a fresh fire. I want a fresh touch. Ooh, that's what Pentecost will do. It'll, oh, the spiritual gifts and the supernatural gifts, it will release there. They'll come and work through you throughout this whole valley, throughout this whole place, throughout the world. Hallelujah. Are you ready? Yeah. Ushers, just, just follow me. Oh, beef, boo. Ha, ha. We hope you've enjoyed this message by Lois Toucher and Cindy Duvall of Shekinah Glory Ministries. For more information about Shekinah Glory, log on to our website at www.shekinahglory.com. There you'll find our entire catalog of teaching materials, music CDs, and books, all available for online purchase. The website also offers our daily devotional, updates from the road, and our ministry itinerary so you can pray for us as we travel throughout the United States and overseas. You can also join our mailing list in order to receive regular newsletter updates of ongoing ministry projects. Thank you and God bless you for your support of Shekinah Glory Ministries. We couldn't do it without you. Truly the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall fill all the earth. This is Ray Toucher, Speaking for Shekinah Glory Ministries, thank you and God bless you.